and you're very welcome along to season three, episode one of NY Weekly. We've been a long time away, a very long winter, as they say, a mild winter, but we're back and we're on Podcast Republic, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And our two guests uh, today, who we'll introduce shortly, uh, are actually both primarily involved in the first division this season, but they will be giving us a big uh, indication of what they expect to happen in the Premier Division. I'm Johnny Ward. Uh, Daniel McDonald is here beside me. And Dan, this has actually been a short enough off-season for me. I just think it's come upon us quickly rather than, you know, the big four or five months that it's always felt like. Really? Yeah, it's just kind of just happened very quickly that, like, the last couple of weeks, it was like, God, the league is going to happen now on Friday week. And I think it's been a really long off-season. Like, Have you? I had, like, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Malone Cup, jumped off draw on Friday night. Where were you that night? Oh, I was at the rugby, wasn't oh, I? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. This is what happened. Um, but in fairness, it was the Malone Cup. I would have, I would have gone to the Cork uh, the knock game if I could, but I was away. So well, much to discuss. Well, yeah, there is a lot to discuss. The new game against the Northern Irish champions as well. Yeah, yeah. ATBC. A lot to be discussed there in Northern Ireland <laughs> in particular. You know, I'm look, looking forward to that one. I mean, that, I mean, you're can just, we have a backstop on it? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, the No Deal playoff, as someone <laughs> said to me yesterday, when uh, when when the Northern Irish statements were released, like. If, well, if, in, if, if yeah. you needed any reminder of why, like we kind of need to move away from the FAI, ideally, there you are again. Just it's, it's just embarrassing that this could be. An, I know it's only a small thing, but yeah, it's an it's an embarrassing kind of situation that there was no communication seemingly with the relevant bodies in the north. And in the space of an hour, we went from sort of well, this is very good to like, oh, here we go again. The fact but, it's but uh, football wise, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, move, we'll move off this and we'll, we'll come back to it again. Yeah, you look at the. You know the potential options available, say this Friday for people. You know whatever game they want to go to, you can go and watch Chris Forrester play for Pats. You can go and watch Jack Byrne play for Robbers Armagh, and if he's moved, where are you going to be? Uh, I'm going to be the dog Sligo. So you've okay, you've got McElhenney, who was already there, but after a full preseason, Sean Murray's come into the league. You're as well. a big fan. Well, like Sean Murray, I mean, five years ago, six years ago, I would have you would have thought that Sean Murray could be playing for. It would have been. Conceivable that Sean Murray would have been playing senior for Ireland at this time because he, I, mean, I think he played sort of like 75, 80 games in the championship pretty much before he was 21. And uh, yeah, like his pedigree is pretty good. But of course, there's he's had a, a sort of a, a slight slip, although he came from the Danish top division, you know. So mm. you um, do remember last season, though, after the President's Cup, I said Cork would win the change your prediction after and, and that was a great idea. Did you change your prediction after this year's President's no, Cup? But you were you, at the game, you can't change your prediction off the back of the the President's Cup uh, as last year approved although I mean this year definitely like the Dock had their strongest their FEI Cup final team out and Cork to be fair were missing Bennett missing Shepherd, and they had new signings in their team so it was nice to see a mellowing of the relationship though because John Coffin in his programme notes he was welcome very welcoming John, for John Gill very welcome John Gill yeah. and the rest of the staff John Gill and that wasn't, John Gill. that wasn't a dig of any Oh, yeah, Vinnie Parton, the lads as well. But he, he managed to shake hands with John Gill on the side. Not, Vinny, not so much Vinnie Parton. Yeah, yeah <coughs> but that's that's a beautiful little kind of uh, narrative with season ahead. It's more, more, more subtle, a more subtle kind of dig. But you, you've been doing a lot of work on the audio front. A bit of audio front. So after the game, yeah, uh, I spoke to Sean Hoare from the dock uh, about, about, the, about the actual game itself, a bit about pre-season, and initially just about the fact that, okay, this is... Technically, I think they're friendly, as Vinnie Perth referred to it, but it's also about getting back into the swing of things with a really competitive game. Yeah, as you said, look, it's it's still pre-season, but any game against Cork is going to be competitive between us. Um, 
and off the last few years we've been trying to get an edge on each other and um, whether it's a friendly or not it's, it's all you just want to win it so um, yeah it's nice to start off with a win and um, we could just focus on Sligo obviously but uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to win tonight How's pre-season gone then Spain um, you know the time away and I, I gather there's also been some changes to the I suppose day-to-day facilities of the club new dressing yeah. rooms and stuff like that can you sort of explain how that's all gone Yeah the, the YDC uh, behind you know behind the the where all the mad fans the shed, are, yeah, the shed, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of where I, that's where our gym is the last couple of years, and it's it's really nice. But uh, you know, it hasn't had the other facilities there, so yeah, they've they've put in like a video room and breakfast place and new new state yard uh, dressing room. So it's been really professional and a, a step up with you know I suppose that's what success brings you like. Um, but yeah, training's gone really well. We've we've. Uh, We've just done. We've just done all the boring runs to make you fit mm. and stuff, and got the games in. And um, you went to Spain as well, which is which is really nice to get away and kind of gel a bit more with the new lads. Does it give it a bit of freshness? You coming back the first day of pre-season? I've heard some of the players say that and you're double winners, but you come back. There's obviously the Stephen leaving over the winter, but mm. you come in the first day and there's even just the place being spruced up a bit behind the scenes. It gives gives people a bit of a spark, yeah, I guess. Definitely, yeah. There's a bit of buzz coming back and. Uh, People fighting for their for their spots coming in early and stuff trying to so there was a bit of buzz about it. Like it's kind of you know, Oriel has come under a lot of, you know, uh, criticism over its facilities and that, so it is nice to see a bit of update to it. Like um where were you when you heard Stephen Kenny was leaving? I actually don't know. Actually we were down uh down at Stephen on his wedding in yeah. Claire, I think. Uh that the night of his wedding we heard he wasn't getting it, um, and then obviously this thing about the 21s and him getting into a couple of years happened uh, over, over the next couple of days, so I think it was after that, um, so we just thought everything was going to be normal, I think even Vinny and the other staff thought that it was just going to be um, the same as last year, but yeah, over, the, over that next couple of days, um, it just kind of changed really quickly, and uh, we're pretty sure we have to adapt, and we've debated the, the kind of spine of the team. I think with the same starting eleven there as uh, yeah, as the final. final. So yeah, so um, it's it is a big change, but uh, at the end of the day, we're footballers and we just want to just play football. It doesn't really, you know, Vinny's been there the whole time anyway, so it's not really that big of a big of a change. Yeah, and I suppose for people from outside, there is some sort of point to prove that you can cope with that change. You can cope after Stephen Kenny leaves. Yeah, look, like he was a, obviously a massive part of success. He built this club. Um, from nothing, from relegation, really, the last you know six years, or whatever, and you know he does credit where it's due. He he, he does deserve that credit, and uh, but now look, we're the ones who go on the pitch, and we have that responsibility now, and um, more or less all the, most of the staff from last year are the same, and um, that's a big part for us players. Like we just want to keep going and, and prove that um, although Stephen Kenny it, it was massive, uh, he was a massive. Uh, part to play in it. We want to prove that um, us as players, we had a big part of it as well. Just personally, did you feel last year was a big step forward for you in terms of where you're at? Yeah, I think the first year I came was kind of a transition, like it was a transition year for me. I guess I had a had a big task in my hands coming in and you know cementing that place straight away. I suppose and uh, I was in and out of the team and stuff like that. It wasn't didn't go to plan. We obviously didn't win anything and well, we didn't win much in the league cup, but. Um, the main ones we, we lost out on and 
it was a real eye opener. I think I learned a lot that year, like even though I wasn't playing that much, like and stuff. In what, and in what sense? I just learned how to deal with uh, being out of team, and you know, you can throw your toys out of pram and be be unhappy about it all you want. But you just have to work and, and get back in. So when I came back pre-season after after that year, so last year, uh, I just had a point to prove. I just wanted to. I knew I was good enough to take that that start and centre half spot. So. Um, yeah, I just, I just worked hard and uh, last year obviously went really well. I suppose you know as well, you've got Daniel Cleary and Fowlin sort of sitting yeah. on the bench tonight that there is that national competition there that they're probably feeling unhappy but that sort of probably keeps the whole group ticking over I suppose. Yeah, I think I think throughout the year like, you know, I might find myself in that position that they're in tonight or Gartland, whatever and, and Fowlin and Cleary might be uh, in the starting spots, you never know, it can change very quick and um, that competition's great, like you know, because it stops us getting complacent. And we know that. I think the whole team know that if they're not playing good enough, um, they're going to be out of team because there's a replacement for everybody there. Like, and, um, they're as good, if not better, in quality terms. So, um, yeah, it keeps you on your toes. And, and uh, look, it's it's easy for me to say, but we are all mates. Like, it's not as if you're competing against. You know, a lad you don't like. So, um, if you're in the team, you deserve it, and you just have to. If you're out of the team, you have to work hard and get back in. I appreciate you're looking to Sligo, you know, next Friday. But in terms of the overall goals for the season, I know you have your domestic goals. But is Europe something that's been spoken about in the off season as well amongst the sort of staff and players? Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's where the the league and cup is your bread and butter. But that's where the exposure comes. You know, playing against the best and and. Um, you want to prove that we're not just we're not just Irish footballers. You want to prove we're Europeans. And, um, I think last year we we left a lot to be desired. Like we went off the line. Like everyone knows how that happened and, and how that went. And uh, yeah, it just wasn't nice. So um, even for you, was that something that that night? One hundred percent. Yeah. Look, it, obviously that's well documented. It wasn't one of my best performances. And. Uh, yeah, we, we want to put it right. I think we played well against the the, the Lavadia. Yeah, yeah Lavadia, and, and you know, even in the first leg against against Larnaca, we did okay. And I think just at their home patch, they they were they were different gravy on the day. But um, yeah, that's a big thing for us. We we want to prove ourselves as European footballers. And um, but we have to that. That's why we win the last win the league last year so important because it gives us that base to kind of get. You know, with the seed and stuff, it gives us a chance to get a bit further on and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we'll certainly be certainly be concentrating on that coming summer. And that was Sean, obviously talking about his time in Europe. I should mention as well, as ever, we're in association with Air Sport and Independent.ie. And in fairness, Dan, that was a big issue last season that he did wobble quite badly in uh, that game in Larnaca. In Larnaca, yeah, no, and um, I, I think that sort of hangs over some of these players a small bit. Now, I know Europe probably wasn't their central priority last year is about regaining the league and as he mentioned you know there's obviously seeding opportunities for them this year and you know they might they may not be finished their recruitment as well um and so i think certainly that european aspect of their season is is massive i mean that there's no it's no surprise that their owners i mean that's what this is about really for them so uh i don't think last year europe was high pressure this year it will be high pressure do you and not look at cork's recruitments against theirs and just say and, and obviously Pats as well, but Cork's recruitments are just, you're kind of looking at, uh, 
it's a bit to prove some of these players. The one thing I'm surprised about with Cork is that I thought when there was talk of like budget cuts there, and there certainly has been some kind of budget cuts there. We saw that like they signed Liam Nash and Kevin O'Connor in the last week, but Kavanaugh and Ronan Coughlin had to go basically to to make these things work. But I thought Caulfield might go back to working off a slightly smaller higher quality squad whereas actually they've actually got quite a big squad still if you look at it but maybe they haven't made like these real sort of noteworthy signings now O'Connor looks like he's going to play midfield Kevin O'Connor Darrell O'Connor from UCD was excellent last Friday you know, very uh, highly last rated last Saturday player. sorry mm. um, and I think UCD thought they would keep him and he was the one that they lost that surprised them and he did well so I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll come into sort of general league predictions I still don't think Cork going to be miles off it um, but yeah, I know what you mean. They haven't necessarily they're, they're relying on say Liam Nash and, and Tilly, the two lads they've brought in on loan from England to really just ignite. And those type of captures can go both ways, as we know. Like it's it's they've signed a centre half as well. No guarantee. Uh, There's no Huben like you know Huben who, who you sort of knew was knew the league and was was going to deliver a certain amount. Probably couldn't be expected to deliver 29 goals, but you know what he's going to give you. And I think that's, that's there's no certainty with Cork's recruits. How How will Dan Casey be without Ian Morris kind of guiding him? Because that was, uh, I think, Shane Sofan made that point last year. Well, we can, we can ask Ian Morris, Ian, who's, Ian, who's actually Ian, here. Ian Morris was, I was just going to see where you're sycophantic in front of him there. You know? <laughs> yeah. How are you, Ian? Very well, how are yeah. you? Youngest manager in the league, I think. Is that yeah, right? I don't look. No? Well, you and Stephen O'Donnell, two very surprised kind of retirements in the off-season. Well, I haven't retired. Yeah, just crucial point players. there. Crucial you haven't point. retired. No. Can you be a player manager? Not at the minute. Yeah, not at the minute. I haven't retired, but I haven't haven't been involved in training or. Has he retired, Paul? He looks fit to me. Yeah. You know, he still get about the pitch. If I can, I'm sure he can. So yeah. the, the crucial point here. So we've got Paul Keegan here as well, and Ian, who were together at, at Leeds. Leeds. As kids, now it's a slight difficulty for the lads because Ian's a responsible managerial figure now. No, Pat, and Paul I, is a I senior player. All stories, right. <laughs> Paul, right. What have you, you got? One night. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, is it when you think about it? Like, can you believe you've gone from that journey from being like that trainee or that sort of young pro and then to LOI Weekly? To, well, well, to yeah. LOI Weekly, yeah. and also to, to managing. You know, and and how do you take the experiences? Like, are you know, how do you sort of put all it all put it all together? And use your journey, I suppose, to help you in what you're doing now. Yeah, it's, it's been strange. You haven't really got time when you when you cross over and you're in the the, the hot chair. Um, th- there's always something to do. You're constantly just prioritising and taking whatever you can first, getting that sorted and going on to the next thing. And um, I think the job came around. Um, it wasn't something I was looking for at the end of last season, but the, the opportunity was too big. Um, the club was too big and. It just now now it feels like it was the right time for for me. Were you um, going to play on? I, yeah, mm. when the last after the last game of the season, I that that's was we thinking next that, season. That, that must be sorted. a big big a big move because you know you you may have played your last game certainly in the Premier Division or whatever. Yeah, and you're like you know you you will miss playing and that you can't go back when you're gone when you're done you're done I guess like. Um. Yeah. Like and you're I, young. I, I've always kind of had big injuries in my career and I've always had injuries. So in terms of being on the sideline, as weird as it sounds, I've always been quite good at just changing my mentality to, like if I got injured, I'd be able to switch my mind to think, great, I'll, I'll work at myself in the gym and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll focus on whether it was one of my kids being born, I'd have more time there. So I've, I've always been kind of good at changing my mentality and focusing on another goal rather than dwelling on what could have been. 
my my mind it just doesn't get you anywhere. So where do you come in on that, Paul? You look at Buffon last night. Was the early forties and he's playing Champions League? Are you very reluctant to finally say like Stephen O'Donnell? You know my 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 game is run here. Absolutely, I think uh, everyone I spoke to is like just keep playing for as long as you can. Um, what age are you now? Thirty four. Yeah. So um, obviously thirty five in the summer, but. You know the way I was looking at it. If I can play, contribute, and help, you know what I mean, young lads. And once you're given something on the pitch and making the team better, I'm thinking, why not keep playing and um, look at big fun and stuff like that. Obviously, like you know, he's his goalkeepers can play a little bit longer, but Ian can definitely play. Like, and I think it's a double bluff. I think he'd be playing the first game of the season. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> See, he's, he's had a, he's had he's had a goal. He's had a, he scored a goal in the last like six months that was watched by I don't know I don't know how many people around the world saw that. Did he just go? Listen, that's it. I'm done. You well, know you're very. I think if you can walk out on top, you're, you're all right. Like, that was the first thing I said to you yesterday. Yeah. It says you score a cracker and then you pack it in. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you yeah. must have been very annoyed yeah. about the bottles though that it hit. You know, on the because it kind of it was just doubt about is that ball even over the line? And uh-huh. Quite clearly. Was it's terrible bottles were there? Like yeah. it's like Dan giving out about like the crappy behind the goal in United Park or somewhere like that. And there was a lovely big crowd behind the goal. No, it looked great because of behind yeah, the goal. But it, it looked great, a lot to it. But like. then it hit the bottle, and we we're like, "Is that actually gone in or not?" Like, and yeah. it was. Pro- you're, I mean, what a goal! Like, what, yeah. what? What? Can you just explain what happened there? <laughs> I mean, it was f- fully 40, 42, maybe even forty-five yards. It just just opened up, and I thought, yeah. "Why not? Just hit it." I was actually watching it with a few lads from What's he doing? And I was like going, he's not going to hit it. And then he absolutely <laughs> spanked it. I was like, jeez. Had you ever seen that on the training ground that leads? Oh, every whatever? week he used to do it. <laughs> <laughs> your move to Bray, Paul, is uh, obviously you're back in the First Division, but um, a challenge in First Division club that's, because you're taking on shells and obviously the mood in the First Division is like everyone's battling for second, whether that's right or wrong. Oh, we'd be looking just to stay up, you know. Can yeah. I still say that again? He's <laughs> 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 <It's> an old pro. <laughs> um, now it is. It's. I think it's going to be a very competitive league, and I don't think it'll. Uh, I don't think anyone will run away with it. You know what I mean? Obviously, everyone's talking about shells and a lot of pressure on them and stuff like that. But I think it'll be very tight. Like I think there's a lot of good teams in it, and a lot of good young players and young players coming up that you mightn't have discovered or heard of before. You know what I mean? And look at UCD last year. Obviously, were great, and they. They weren't the favourites, I don't think, to go up last year. I think it was Galway or was it Galway, like yeah. Galway finished sixth, I think, and were favourites. And Longford didn't get into the top four, which would yeah, have been favourite, second yeah. favourite. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. Like I think all the games are going to be competitive, and we have a very young team uh, at Bray, like you know, and you know yourself with young players, young coach, week. what young coach as well, young coach yeah. as well, yeah. And uh, you know, young players will be brilliant. They could be brilliant for two, three weeks in a row, and then could go missing. Like you know, yeah. it's the consistency like that. Obviously, lads are playing in the Premier Division and you get older that you're constantly given, you know, a 7, 8 out of 10 and you rarely dip way below that. But with young players, you might get that, you know. Inconsistency. Up, oh, yeah, inconsistency. And, we, we'll get and what f- was your, yeah, <coughs> we, 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 we will go back to first. Just in terms of how the actual move came about, because, I mean, you finished last season with Waterford qualifying for, for Europe and I assume there's a bit of a high now. There seemed to be a certain uncertainty around Waterford at the end of the year I think they might, they might not have been quick in terms of offering contracts and stuff did you get sort of caught up in that were you expecting an offer was there an offer how did it sort of yeah. play itself out I, I, I spoke to Rennie obviously a few times like Rennie was great um, you know I think come the end of the season his hands were a little bit tied um, you know towards the end of the season because like that we had a good season we had lots of good players there that you'd expect I'd have expected that like seven or eight of the lads were already being secured for the following year to keep it going. But obviously the the chairman and the owner 
wanted to have a look at things, you know what I mean? And we had a successful season, but with that, you will lose players if you don't sign them up straight away. Wasn't that very strange, though? Because you got into Europe, which probably would have been, you know, the main ambition, get your <laughs> European money. And I was just wondering, what did the actual owner want? Because, you, I mean, you're not going to win the league. And how long how long was, how long long term was he committed to this if he's going to, you know, maybe, you know, I suppose, look at where he's going after two seasons or whatever? I know, it's... It's. I'd be interested to see how they go this year. Now like, <clears throat> they've made. I think they've made a good few signings now, and it's like a different squad down there. It's to a bit be late. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it is. It is like, like Harry, Bastian Harry Akinade. Damien Delaney are, as well. Well, no, but no, I'm glad from, from last, last year. year. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, a couple have been signed on. They're bringing in, in this week. Like this week, they've. I think they're bringing in two or three lads, and they brought in a goalkeeper there. Yeah, the guy on loan. Which on loan. I, from, um, is that trying to re- recreate the Vigoro thing or something? Mm. You know, I know Matthew Connor's there and stuff. So, but it's hard to get. Your shape of play, your within a week exactly like yeah, yeah because so. you you were in last year with, with Dave Webster here and I remember you know chatting to, to Alan Reynolds around that time and there was a sense we were trying to build something there yeah. it was quite a positive chat that yeah. we had around that stage and um, I don't know did you know say six weeks out from the end of the season like are you are you talking to people then or did you get a sense I'm not so sure yeah you get you get a sense like you know what I mean I'd have I'd spoken to Renny a few times like and he wanted to he wanted to keep me and all the rest of it and he said look you're going to have a few offers you know uh, probably closer to home and obviously travelling up and down you know it does take a little bit of a toll but at the time I was thinking yeah no I'll, I'd be happy to stay everything was going great and obviously then you know whispers start to build mm. or whatever like and they're saying that then maybe just going to wait and see what happens and then to be fair, Rennie was great, you know what I mean, he was great with me, he was honest, he was, you know, he was trying to keep me, he was like, if you really want to stay, I'll I'll get something there for you, you know, but, you know, there was just whatever way the owner wanted to go was mm. was a different different avenue and, you know, there was obviously talks of little cutbacks with this and that yeah. and, you know, we were obviously travelling down and I don't know if they wanted too many people coming down, we stayed in a hotel once a week or... Um, I suppose it shows how... Um fickle it is if you are kind of beholden to just like a big owner and that's it's at his the whim of his own decision and yeah. we've seen that obviously at other clubs as well that basically you know Derry Pats uh, and obviously Watford are pretty much reliant on, on one main owner and I guess Bows aren't like that Ian and you're, what do you make of your you, you must be kind of a little bit sad that you know you've left a club that for all for all people there it seemed a fairly special place and we spoke to Shane Sopel when he retired and he was obviously quite uh, emotional about it as well, and you've moved on to the North Side rivals. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, uh, it is. It's a special club. Uh, the people in it are, are fantastic. Um, I suppose going into the end of last season, I think from the summer on, it's thirteen, fourteen games. Um, like if we had had any sort of half decent start, I think we'd have pipped Europe. Honestly, I think if you had watched us for the second half of the season we we were blowing teams away um, and just not making the cup final as well when you were so close oh, could have given Dundalk a game yeah yeah. It, we were flying we were flying. We didn't want the season to end and that, that was a disappointing thing like we'd managed to get a settled side everyone started to hit their purple patch and things were just going really well it, that, that'll hurt me forever not making that cup final because I think things were just going so well for us that you weren't actually playing too bad though at the start of the season. You just weren't scoring. You were winning games. Couldn't you just pick winning, points. Yeah, you yeah. just couldn't pick points. You, you played us. I remember you played us, and you were you absolutely playing the ball around, moving around, and then we yeah. just beat you, like you yeah. know. But yeah. you just didn't take your chances, you know. Or Danny Corcoran probably wasn't scoring as much. And Dan, yeah. Ke- and Dan yeah. Kelly brought you something probably after yeah. the break as he, well. He added that something, yeah. That that's mm. so important in transfer windows. If you can bring in a player that's going to give a spark to the rest of the team, it's gonna it's gonna kick you on. And he gave us that spark, and it seemed to lift. 
yeah. everyone, everyone's game. Because um, I spoke to Shane Supple after he retired, and I mean, he did say he, he just when he had to make his decision, he felt really guilty because it just it all yeah. seemed to come in one week almost between Dan Casey, yourself. Uh, well, Lunny had gone maybe a small bit before, yeah. but like, did, I mean, how did you feel going into Keith Long? I suppose to to tell him or to, to have yeah. that discussion. Oh, it was extremely difficult because I kind of knew what what was happening elsewhere and. Like, like the squad we had, it was one of them where you're finishing the season, you're thinking, if we keep hold of this and add a couple to it, like we'll go into next year really, really confident that they own something. And it's just unfortunate for the club. And I suppose you're still thinking, what if? Mm. But you got to move on from that. Um, but I can, I can only imagine Keith Long's <laughs> week, that week, <laughs> I feel feel terrible, especially now when I'm in the seat, if that happened to me, like it just crush you. Everything... You're building, you're trying to work towards, and then, what, five, six of your starting players are you're, gone. gone. You're one of the new managers in the league. I was interested that you've made the signings you've made. You've gone for a lot of experience, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting because some, some you've signed players older than yourself, effectively, uh, yeah. to make you, you know, I suppose, very ready for a promotion push. Well, that's that, that was the remit. That's what the club wants. I think fans, the board, everyone wants to get promoted, and um, I want to get promoted, so... Like, why not go for the best possible players you can? Um, like a lot of things worked in the favour. Um, like Paul was saying there about him at Waterford. I got in and got me deals done very, very quick. I think I'd six done in my first day um, in November. How, how is that to go from being the player to suddenly being the other side of the table? Um, I suppose it was like that. I just had it in my mind. Just get the players you want to keep doing as early as they can. They can relax. You can relax, and mm. then just. Things just kept on going that way, that way, that way. Because I suppose you know what the play, the uncertainty of the League of Ireland went through. Yeah. So you yeah. have to have that confidence and backing that you can go and do deals early. It must yeah. give you some advantage. Well, you know? yeah, I was I was given the budget I had to work with, and I had to make that make that work for mm. for me and the club to like. You can break your budget down to whatever you want. If you say twenty players, I can give twenty players X amount. If you can give one player this, then mm. you can give this player that, and you have to be you have to be really clever because. If you go too too big too early, you lose someone. If you don't go big early enough, you won't get them either because someone else will sign them. So it's a difficult game. I think a lot of the stuff off the field has helped as well, like the DCU link, the the Shelburne Opportunity Network, like all that was in place before that. It was I know it was only announced a couple. Just of weeks for people ago, who aren't aware, the Shelburne Opportunity Network is basically through the 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 new ownership or the new investment at the club and Andrew Doyle and other others that were involved. There's a, basically a range of employers or people that have come together and you have the facility maybe through that network of people to offer jobs to players, right? That's it's, it, it's, it's more, There's more to it than that. I know, it's more a career guidance thing. Yeah. It's not you're going to sit in, you're going to get a job. They, they, yeah. might, they might give you an insight into where they think you'll excel or what you should look at or maybe put you in touch with someone that can help you. So, And that goes all the way down through the club to, to our youth players. And I think that's really important that you can open people's eyes rather than go... I'll give you a job or gee, we have someone who owns this company, they'll just get you in mm. and, and it's not going to be worthwhile for you. And it's not, you want to be building off the field, your career as well as on the field. So I think what we lose sight of as well, uh, my opinion in this poll is like, we're a really, really fo- strong economy in Ireland at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like it's thriving, yeah. thriving first world <coughs> economy. Yet we seem to accept that like our football should be sort of lagging behind when there's so much potential there. There's so much money in this country. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know? And it's like that you were touching on earlier, like you you do need outside investment, like and to get other people on board, because if it hasn't moved along or hasn't moved forward in so many years, like, well, what will it take to actually move it forward? And obviously it might be a new format next year or there might be, you know, obviously an outside uh, company coming in. 
could open the door up for lots of other stuff, like like talking about the TV rights and stuff like that. Like yeah. You could be opening up to Sky, you could be opening up to whoever you want. Because if we're not fixed with the FAI, I'm guessing we're not fixed into their package. That's with the international setup. I, th- like. I mean, I think it's a bit, all bets seem to be off to a degree. You know, it seems mm. to be unclear where we go. I mean, I know the Quinn proposals, we need to hear more about them, but what have you made, both of you, of the general debate, you know, and, and some of the points that Quinn has raised? Because I've come to both of you. I mean, you've been very much involved in youth football and yeah. um, like education is something that Quinn has mentioned big time. And actually, you've both gone away to England. So in many respects, you're, like, you're perfect people to ask about the broad idea that that has been discussed. I don't know what your feelings are about it. Um, I, I think Noel has, has brought up a lot of questions you want to answer. Like, what I was thinking in my head yesterday, I know that at the launch, um, and they, they talked about the RTE deal, and the, the producer, I think, got up and spoke first. And then the head of RTE Sport just said, okay, I'll get up here and I'll talk. And I don't think it was planned. But he actually... Declan McBennett. Declan got up, mm. yeah. And he actually answered the questions. And... He went into detail and he gave his reason why, rather than like you just felt fed a lion and you're going, well, where's yeah. that come from and what's that about? Yeah, and I, I have to say, like uh, any anything I've heard about Declan McBennett within RT, like, yeah. and I know Soccer Republic is going to be kind of cut to half an hour and all that, but yeah. I think yeah. his intentions are good in general with regard to well, RT. I think mm. so. Like he spoke about the live audience is two and a half to three times uh, bigger than a highlight show. So he was sort of saying, we'll capitalise on that and we get the live goals in. So he's sort of saying, if we can get the audience bigger, well, then obviously he can try and get more money to it. And I kind of, at least now you know, there where when you're left in the dark, that infuriates me. And when decisions are made and you're not actually having someone saying, this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. And then you can take on information, you can take on mm. someone else's, maybe someone will have an idea that goes, I'll tell you what, that'll work. Well, say 2020, it's like 2020, 2020 vision, it seems like a great year for change. What would you actually like to happen? Uh, I think that the coverage of the games, uh, TV money, you look at every, look at Scotland. There's the, no, no first vision highlights either. Like, nothing, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I thought that was, I thought they could have, if they're saying we get broadband into stadiums, to show the highlights of four other Premier Division games, surely you can do five first division mm. games as well. Mm. And, I, I think this is a major, major letdown yeah. because the first division needs to be promoted. There is a lot yeah. of quality there. A lot of young players there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these players also could be bought by British clubs potentially that would like to see these players in action. And there's no fault. Fo- but no you know, I, I, have, I have slight mixed feelings about the grounds. About that. I have mixed about, I think you have to be selective in the first division. I, now, that's, I, you know, I disagree yeah. with you then. Uh, yeah. I, 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 well, unless you have the proper camera work to do it I mean and I, I don't want to pick on any individual club but you know sometimes in Wexford you have that ground level camera and stuff I, I don't I think you need to showcase what's best but now in fairness you can look at Oriel on a Friday they can look dreadful as well mm. so I mean y- you have to sort of go to you have to, to, to yeah, the yeah. there, there, there are an awful lot of Irish League shows games mm. Sky show their mm. games like but yeah. you remember I, when we watched the game there, and like mm. you're not telling me that that product is better than what we have yeah. oh, the course remember, so, remember we, we were in Iceland at the knock game there was a highlight show and there were all the grounds in Iceland and some of them were literally 200 people 100 of them standing on grass behind a goal in the middle of the ocean and yeah. it, it looked it. it looked yeah. a bit mad but it was like at least it was a two hour highlight show whatever it was but like there are a lot of first vision players that people just don't know about because they don't see them and you know now, I'm a Galway United fan. The two boys across from me are going to be watching First Vision. And you'll see it. There's so much quality there. Like Dylan McGlade joining mm. your lads. Like, I mean, yeah, what, what would you like to see in 2020, though, in, in, in the, I suppose, in an overall sense? Overall sense, you'd love to see, like you touched on earlier, the prize money. Like, you know, clubs have just accepted that if you win the league, you get money from Europe. Like, mm. you don't get any money from the actual winning the league, you know. And I think if they up that, 
you know, money will fill and upped it through the stages as well. I know they talked about if they up the prize money, maybe don't give it to the first one or two. Give yeah. it to the let the let the others I get it. I think there's like, an you know, argument for that, you know, so that the, everyone everyone yeah. gets some money out of it. But I, it like there is the, the economy's like it's booming at the time and. There's lots of money knocking about, like, and where's the money going? It's probably been thrown into the GAA and thrown into the rugby, mm. like, you know. Well, even horse racing, we say, gets a budget Absolutely, of 60 million yeah. a year. Now, yeah. obviously, horse racing is close to my heart, but horse racing is getting money from gambling on football, for example, basically mm. through the government. And you wonder, are the government doing enough for football in this country, or is there enough for a relationship with the FAI, Dan? That, well, that's, I mean, that, know, that's part of what, I mean, the, the, the Quinn thing is, is that a discussion going, and we'll see, yeah. we'll see where it goes. And we don't know, and this is the thing, as I said, we will come back to this a lot and you, you joked with me about the rugby though we are we have a challenge to keep football in the place it is in this country I think rugby compared to football now is becoming so big certainly in Dublin and in mm-hmm. terms of the public narrative rugby has trumped football in many ways well, we were over in uh, we went to Hungary in sep- last September with the with one of the coaching courses and we went to see um, one of the clubs over there and their training ground was 100 yards from the stadium the stadium I think it was 15,000 all-seater, brand new, unbelievable. The training building had three or four floors. I had a medical room. I had a psychologist. Everything had their own office. They had a gym. Then they had two astro pitches, four proper pitches. And their players, like, you'd be looking at them going, well, it wouldn't, wouldn't, he wouldn't get into our team. He wouldn't get into yeah. our team. But they were talking about that. And they get, I think they get a million back a year each club from the government. And then they get percentage of their tax back. Uh, from the government as well and they can afford to put money in into the clubs and that sustains the clubs and kicks them on and that league is no better Mm. than this league and if you imagine like I have a budget for training nights and you have to pick what training nights you have like every club should have their own facilities and be able to play and then you can start paying your coaches and then people become accountable for for everything and like you say in Dublin, Dublin is, is wages are very, very high in Dublin. It's a very high mm. cost of living. Yeah. You're trying to pay players to be professional footballers. Yeah. Yet you've really no money coming in. No. So how does that actually work? You know, and people yeah. just seem to accept it. Yeah. It is. It's it it does seem like it's just accepted and it is what it is. And like that, I think if we get more money from the government, but what about like, you know, Dermot Desmond, what about Dennis O'Brien? What about yeah. these men who have, you know, billions and billions like who invested in, let's say, paying the the staff of the of the Irish team? Like, why can't they put in a bit of money into the league, add to the prize money, use the sponsorship, write it off as a tax? Absolutely, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I think I wouldn't be. I, Fairness and I, 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 I think he, I think he, I think he has, I think he has tapped up some individual in that, in that bracket. Shall mm. I say? You mm. know, I, I mean, just Paul, have you sort of gone part time now then, as such at Bray? Have you? Are you doing something else away from football, or what? Have you changed your life circumstances a bit? Or? It's in the process of being changed. I'm obviously part time, so we're training in the evenings. Um, I haven't got a job yet, but if anyone's looking, uh, my uh, email address. <laughs> Are you actually genuinely looking for a no, job? No, I am. Yeah, yeah. I in want what, to. In what? Like I don't know. Like yeah. I've, I've a degree in business. I had a bar in Doncaster for a few years. I've a little bit of experience behind me, like, but I'm kind of just looking to see what I go into. I'm going to do my badges, and obviously, and want to stay involved yeah. in football. Absolutely, like you know, and but I probably will go into try and get some sort of a job to. 
Right, okay. And you what got a plug, you got that a, is, by the way. Yeah, that's huh? amazing. What a plug that is. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Are you, are you on LinkedIn as well? <laughs> or anything like that? Is that <laughs> Absolutely. Give your contact details at the end. <laughs> yeah, they'll show up on the Twitter tweet, yeah. I mean, you, he's, got a, he's, got, a, he's, got, he's got a wedding to plan at the yeah. end of the year. I mean, this is like... This on is, a podcast this is actually for a, a job. Necessity. Best league in the world. <laughs> Unbelievable. Greatest league in the world. The greatest league in the world. A few managerial changes then, which I found very interesting. The Derry situation was up in the air. Well, there's a few Derry... Liam Buckley as well. Liam Buckley back to... Did you, well, did not you, back did, to. Did you find that surprising? Well, First of all, Sligo rarely go for Irish managers. But secondly, was Liam... They don't go for jobs that often. They don't. And obviously, Owen Heary didn't really work out. But was Liam Buckley just like... All dubs are different, John. They're all dubs are different. You can't just say because one dub didn't work out. They're all not going to work out. But Liam Buckley seemed a slightly strange one because the Pats went into it in all. The game might have passed Bucko by in the sense all. Like, you know, they're not hard enough blah 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 and then he got the, the Sligo job almost straight away and you're like okay well, this is going to be interesting but yeah. I was slightly surprised at that yeah I mean that happened before the end of the season as well mm. pretty much I mean and actually I know there's been managerial changes but most of them were done early enough but yeah I, I, I'm not sure I was surprised it. at Declan Devine as well because obviously they say you never go back Declan Devine back. when Declan Devine left Derry was he considered a success at Derry Meh. well I mean he won an FEI Cup I mean you look at it now I think, and we, 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 like I, I spoke to Declan Devine at the launch yesterday, and we, we touched on this on what he inherited the previous time, maybe relative to what he's inherited now. So maybe, maybe we actually will just play that now because we have had like managerial changes. I mean, we have the, the Vinnie Perth situation or the head coach or the, uh, the doc boss or whatever, and we, you know, this is going to something that would come up for Ian if, if shells do go up, and there's a, there's a, there's a subject there as well, um. But yeah, we have Liam Buckley, we have Harry Kenny, and we have Declan Devine. So yeah, I spoke to him at the League of Ireland launch this week. Uh, and yeah, basically started off because we were at the Aviva by asking him about his memories of the Aviva before with Derry City. Obviously, uh, one in the Cup in 2012 was a, was a huge highlight. But, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a guy that looks back and, and thinks that's the end of it. You know, we've got we've to make sure that we have future plans to get back in the, these type of games. And as a football club... Uh, uh, as big as Derry is, we got to make sure that you know we have a fantastic history, but we also got to make sure we have a fantastic future, and and that's why we've came on. We we feel as if we can improve the club. We, we feel as if we can enhance what has happened in the last couple of years. So we're looking forward to getting started this week, but we are also fully aware that it's going to be very difficult for us. You've spoken a lot. I've been following sort of some of the stuff you've been saying over the last couple of weeks about identity and bringing a certain identity back I think you brought the players on a tour of Derry was it maybe earlier this week yeah. I mean is this something that you were very conscious of maybe when you were interviewing or talking about the job that I have to go in and, and, and bring this back without any reflection of what was there before but to, to sort of bring something back that was I, just felt, I just felt having watched a few games towards the end of last season I think it lacked a body identity I watched Bray and some Pats games were very lost in the last two or three games of the season there wasn't a Derry player on the starting 11 and that was unrecognisable to me that is that is something that over my course of my career in terms of managing, coaching, assistant manager supporter, player that there was always been an influx of Derry or northwest based players so to speak but you know it's I just think what I've been trying to work on is more the connection again between fans and players the players respond to the fans the fans respond to the, the, the effort that the players are putting in on the pitch and you know we've brought on it's unheard of really how they bring on 15 or 16 players on the it's a lot it's a, it's an, it's it's a lot it's yeah. unusual and, and with that comes um, 
and experience to a certain degree, but we've also added a few players that have, have gained valuable experience and Barry McNamee and Peter Cherry and Kieran Call. But also, you know, we just wanted to show what Derry's a special place that has been through a lot of hardships in his time and and as a minimum I feel that Derry public want to see effort and fight and determination and I just wanted to let the people that have came back into the city for the first time they, they let them know that, you know, the place has built on hard work, it has built on effort and, and, and fight and, and everybody in Derry has had an extremely hard time over the last course of the 40, 50 years that's preceded us. But, you know, as a, as a, as a football club, we want to embrace our past, but we also want to look the future and we want to make sure our, our supporters know that as a minimum we'll put a bit of fight up for them. But as you say, because Derry has a sort of uniqueness to it that you, you do need those local figures. You need them, I guess, to see lads walking down the street that might play for the club. You know, that has to be something to... It's not going to work as a club without that. It's hugely important. When we look at it, you come from Scotland, for instance, and you come to Brandywell, the only person that knows about your performance on a Friday night when you go home is your girlfriend, your wife, or your, your, your partner. If you come from Derry or Donegal and you play for Derry, there's 10 family members in the stand. They then go to work on the Saturday or the Monday, and then them 10 people becomes 20 people and 30 people. So you can't get away from it. The club means that much to the local community that... Whatever your performance is, as a local player there, you're subject to, to, to criticism or praise more than anybody else. And that's something we got to embrace. We've now got 10 or 11 players from the, the northwest area. And we want their families coming to the ground. We want them their families being subjective to how they play on a Friday night. So we want that feedback for the place. We want people to be proud to have family members representing the City Football Club on a Friday night in a packed branding room. So we want that. We don't want one person going home and just having the answer to one person. I appreciate you know there's a lot, you've brought a lot of players in, so it's hard to single them down. I'm just curious about some of the, a couple of the, the loanees you brought in. David Parkhouse seems to have scored a couple of goals in pre-season. You brought Josh Kerr in. If these guys are in till the summer. Like, what, I mean, the League of Ireland hasn't always been a loan destination for players. I mean, there has in recent years it seems to become a small bit more of a thing. But with the crossover seasons, yep. it's not always uh, as, as easy as you would like. But what are you looking for from these lads who are coming in? on the face of it for a short term stay well first and foremost um, we needed numbers we needed bodies in when we came into the club we had six players same players two of those players wanted to leave we allowed two of those players to leave um, Dean Shields left for Corrine and Jared Doherty left for uh, Crusaders so we were left with four same players and we got to get numbers on them and when we said we were going to bring numbers on we wanted to make sure we brought good quality players on Josh Kerr is a fantastic centre back that we've known for a while myself and and Patty and Kevin Deary. Parkhouse is a player I've known since he was very young, having came through the Northern Ireland setup, a player that's it's from eight miles away from the Brandywell. And Junior was a player that we brought in in terms of pace and power. And from a, Colchester, he's from it? Colchester, yeah. so he's, a, he's another guy that we felt would enhance the club. Now, these are six-month loan deals, yes, but you know they've got to have a look at us, we've got to have a look at them. Can they be done and extended? I think so, but at the same time, we are in a position where we needed to fill a squad. I think we filled it quite well with exciting qualities. I think we built it from the back first to start with, in a lot of defensive-minded players, and we're still looking to add to the attacking players of it in the, in the coming days. I'll just take it finally. I mean, you you left Derry after the 2013 season, and the previous sort of five, ten years, there been a lot of different league winners, cup winners. You know, through financial reasons and other, there was a bit of boom and bust going on. Pretty much since 2014 onwards, it's been a Dundalk, Cork dominance situation. And 
all of a sudden the clubs that are outside that European places, it's difficult to break back in. I mean, how how do you address that? Is that your is that your brief to club get the club back into Europe? Because it seems to have become Europe has become almost a new winning the league in some ways in terms of. It is, it the, really the is. Earning power. It really is, and to be fair, and it is it is the promised land in terms of money and income. The last time I left the club I left them in Europe. We got a tie against Aberystwyth, which took them through to the second round. Mm. That proves to be hugely uh, beneficial in terms of financial impact it made in the club but you know it is it's something that we all want to achieve every every manager here today I want to make sure that they're on Europe as a minimum but it's not something that we're we're, we're, we're de- demanding from the players we we are new we are inexperienced we are the last time I managed this club Stephen Kenny left it in third place yeah I followed him so we had the new place of a very strong squad yes we added all the players to come in and strengthen us again that year but I'm inherent the squad that finished eighth last year the two teams below them both got relegated, so ultimately we are the worst team in the country in this league at the minute because the two teams that come up have got momentum. So we are starting right at the bottom. Hence where we are going, we are new players. We want a new generation of Kevin Deary's, Barry Malloy's, Gareth McGlynn's, Mark Farns. We want them. When Stephen first came here to the club, he brought a lot of 21, 22-year-olds. Mm. Killian Brennan's, for instance, they all grew together for a long period of time. They re-established Derry City. Football club is a major influence in Irish football. When we look at what we have at the moment, we've got a lot of young players. We want these 21 and 22-year-olds to grow and they a team over the next period of years that are able to challenge the big boys. That's if we can hold on them financially. If we can That's been the struggle for the club in And that has been. Look, we've lost Aaron Mack enough to Shamrock Rovers as well. Document Patrick McElhoney, Michael Duffy, Dean Jarvis, Georgie Kelly. They're all at the champions. Because you were involved in coaching in well, the we had all these guys. We you actually all are producing guys. players. We're always, we, we, we are very much a hotbed, but we're also very realistic in terms of where we are. We've never stood in the way as a football club of bringing a real talented young player to our club and letting him go for the betterment of his career. Mm. James McLean went for minimum money with add-ons. Steve McLaughlin went for minimum money with add-ons. Daniel Lafferty went for minimum money with add-ons. Now again went for minimum money with add-ons. We never stop a young player show, showcasing his talent at, at Derry City Football Club. And I'll be pushing that again as I move forward and making sure that, yes, we have got great young players. And if their future is moving to the Premiership or to Scotland to enhance their international careers, then so be it. But we will always consider ourselves a huge club and we will always want to challenge for trophies, but we also are realistic that we continue to develop these players for all the people they to get the benefit out of. And Derry have made interesting signings, Dan, as well. Uh, they're they're. Well, he mentioned it there. They've yeah. signed they've signed fifteen or sixteen players, which is it's a bit like the whole Waterford scenario that. Like my my belief is, I know people are talking about it being a, a more open league this year, and I can I can see the argument, but those teams that are. Like making such a wholesale radical changes, and even with Ian as well, you have something going, then you have to reboot almost and go again. It's very hard for those clubs to improve on on what they've done the previous year. Like that is a that is a problem. It's a big and job. It's a big yeah, job for the manager. Like how do you yeah. how do you do? And and when you look at Dundalk, have kept pretty mm. much all their their better players, and um, you know the, the losses were squad players really. Um, you know, they're not going to, are they going to get dramatically worse? You know, like yeah. I know the Kenny factor is massive and there's a big question marks because it's, it's only natural that you lose someone. Against the but Kenny factor though, they brought in Rory Higgins who's like a very hungry young potential coach. Stephen O'Donnell has moved on to the managerial side so it's not like they've not gained as well with other kind of additions. No, and I know, I know and like, I think they're not going to win the league but, but I think for those teams that are in the middle 
rump of the table. So you've got almost Bowes, you've got Sligo, uh, you've got Derry, and possibly Waterford with the changes Pats that they've as had. Well. Well, Pats as like You, you gave me 50 to 1 on Pats, but in fairness to you, the point you made is, where are the leaders in this team to bring them to a league well, title in their first season? I just think it's the first season mm. argument for me that... like. Oh, I think Pats will hurt teams this year. Mm. I think what, what Hardy's done is, you mentioned earlier about figure, Pats getting figured out and that's that was unfortunate for the players that they had, but like what he's done, we played them in pre-season and you would have looked at Pats and go, All right, they'll try play every time, every time. They will not change. You just get after them, you go high and, and, and you'll nick them and now, like, they've got such pace going forward. They've got so much creativity in the middle. What impressed you there, actually? Who was impressive for Pats? Um, the new St. Patrick's Athletic this they're, year? They're, they're wide players who they have option-wise um, up top. Like, they just have that where they can mix it now, where if they want, they can turn you, and they've got pace, and they'll get in behind you, and they've got power. And they've got lads now that, that have to prove a point, that he's taken in players from other clubs that maybe were hitting a bit of form but have never... Or not have never, but, but haven't got to that kind of Mikey Drennan's level. A fa- Mikey Drennan's a fascinating one. Fabulous. Like, probably yeah. internal transfers this winter, you know, the standouts, McIniff maybe and Drennan, in terms of like yeah. players that most clubs would have wanted. Yeah. You know, and you've got Forrester, you've got McCabe, yeah. you've got Clifford who's flying. You, you've got Brandon Dick Connor's going to be interesting this year. two fullbacks yeah. as well. To, Burmo, Simon, Simon and Bermo, like, like, yeah. They give you but their, their back four, their back five is very, very yeah. solid. And that's, I mean, I, yeah. I, I just don't think they can 50 win. To one. I just don't think they can win. I'm the beginning league. to believe now. They've got thirty plus okay. points to make up in the dog from last year. I just don't think he can in one go. Like as I said, in 2013, out of nowhere, the dog put a team together, really talented players, but they still didn't win the league. Pats won the league that year. They challenged the year before. I just don't think he can get to. Like we had this scenario ten years ago where the league winners changed a lot, but that's because the champions might. Mm. go bust mm. you know and, and they would lose players so I just I, I can't I can see them getting closer I'm just saying to make They'll that jump here's yeah. one for you now Pats against Cork uh, on Friday night who should be favourites um, yeah I like, but one thing though I mean Cork in the second half last week you still for all that they've lost and they've lost a lot they still have a lot too you know and they still have you know there's Gary Buckley there's Morrissey McCormick didn't really have a great game last week but you know Kevin O'Connor uh, and Shepard coming back they'll have Bennett you know Dan Casey has gone there but even they have a sort of spine and my the, the problem with the structure of the league like there's like these 23 games before the break and you know mm. or 24 last year you guys know from playing in it it, first of all, it's weighted really heavily towards the full-time teams with the stronger resources because their ability to manage recovery and stuff is better. Yeah. I think also it, it lends itself to teams that are just you know, resilient and get into the habit and they have that winning habit. And you, you, you need to do something like win 16 and 17 like Dundalk did last year. Mm. I just think for a new team, if they can do it, fantastic. You know, mm. that's great. But so I mean, you're it's, painting it's a hard. picture that Dundalk could actually kind of just start really well. Yeah, and, and I actually think that there's Cork players who also know how to handle that too. You know, that I think yeah. that Cork could pick up a certain amount of points because they have a sort of... What about, what about Shamrock Rovers? What about well, they're the ones that have to step forward this year. Yeah, but like, where is it, this Because if I'm going to... Jack Byrne. If I'm going to live up to my argument, Rovers have had a couple of years, so they should be... You know, they actually haven't had like wholesale changes this winter. They've had, yeah. they've had changes, but they should be... They should be pushing on a bit. I, I think. I think what year. they what they've added, they should be kicking on this year. Um, Had they enough up front? 
Uh, well, I actually found Dan Carr inc- incredibly hard to play against last year. He was probably one of the tougher ones, and that, that might sound silly, but Very his quick. Mo- movement is yeah. good. He's quick, he's strong, he's good in the air. Great goal celebration. If, if you, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he does that. <laughs> but, but he's he, only one striker, though, so where are the other one, strikers? Yeah. And that, that's why it's surprising why they didn't go heavily after one or the other like who though? I think they were trying. I think they're mm. still. Maybe they might be still be trying. Well, they're trying yeah. to from Austria. There's an Austrian mm. fellow who I think will be. Uh, we're we're speaking now on Wednesday morning. I think mm. it, yeah. it seems like that's that's going to be done. I think obviously McMillan looked like he might be available. That was definitely someone they're interested in. Uh, I don't know if they're in for Drennan. Actually, he'd if been you there look before. at the league though, you look at everyone says the top two strikers, and you're looking at Cummins and you're looking at Hoban. Outside of that, you're looking at. I'd be killed for saying this, but mm. Dinny Corcoran is. Yeah. What a finisher, like exceptional. If you've and got quality players player that's going to get balls and create chances for a striker, and you're looking for someone to you're finish, you're trying to suggest you should have gone to Rovers. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you if you looked at strikers in the league, like, like who who better to get goals when Dinny's playing? Din, in terms of a goal score, he's the best there is. Nearly pretty much, he just he doesn't miss. He's certainly up there. Like yeah. after Giff Forrester, is obviously yeah. he's had some bad injuries, but. Um, but it's interesting what type of striker would they need because I, I mean I watched Fagan. Fagan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I what a loss he is as yeah, well. Like, yeah, yeah, but I watched, watched Rovers. I mean, Rovers will create chances this year. There's yeah. absolutely no. Well, look at the midfielders. Yeah, like they've, they've got. It's not. It's not even. You talk about what j- McAniff, Burn. But then you you actually. Yeah, but if you're you forget Bulger, them. you forget Brandon Kavanagh. If you're playing against, sorry. If you were playing against, <clears throat> if you're playing against Rovers, like, would you not just bypass it? If you say everyone says their midfield's mm. great, I'd say Cork will like we'll bypass that. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's we'll beat them up. Yeah. In fairness to Rovers, the Rovers finished last season really, really strongly, and you're looking right, at yeah. a team that like could like Rovers to me are bigger challenges than Cork this season. Big time, I think yeah. they should yeah, be. Definitely. But yeah, but Rovers have to they have to prove that they just in the first the season was over. Then. Just, yeah, it was. Yeah. They just lost some silly games last year, yeah. like in that in that. But their goalkeeping like the situation the league will, should be sorted the out. The league now, right? will sort it. Not that the league will be decided in the first half mm. of the season, but you can certainly lose it in the first half of the season. And like we still have, we haven't really sorted out the fixture thing that much. I mean, we've we've moved one game the other side of the break, but the first week of the break, you've got th- after the break, you got three games. So they haven't really changed it, you know. So uh, if you get a bit of momentum going, you, it can take you a long way. And Rovers, like the start last season away from home, they just lost a lot of matches. So they need to start. Well, they need to suddenly start. They need to suddenly start uh, to a point, John. I know at to, the start of the season, to, you can't just put it on one. It, it, the goalkeeper situation was their yeah. main issue at the start of the season when they got derailed and they were miles behind. Now they have Alan Manis, possibly the best keeper in the league. And um, if they can score enough goals, I'm just not sure. I can see them drawing games nil all. Yeah. That Dundalk would probably just win through Hoban or something like that. And we were talking about this as well in terms of who's going to be the top scorer this season. Like, who's going to challenge Hoban? Well, it's, it's hard. It's hard to. I mean, you're looking for someone to come in. I mean, I know we mentioned, like, you know, Derry have gone for two, a couple of lone players that they've brought in. Um, you know, David Parkhouse was mentioned. Um, you know, okay, there's Akinadia, Waterford. I mean, th- th- there's a bit of a uncertainty around who's going to play up front for Cork because obviously they've brought in Nash and they've got Cummins yeah like Mikey Drennan's the one that could that could really take off you know, again Drennan, he ended the season who have you? Who did you play in pre-season lads that obviously in the Premier Division who would have I we suppose. played Pats as well mm. Pats, and yeah. to be fair I was impressed with them they, mm. they yeah. moved the ball very well good. like and you know I thought they were they were pretty good obviously yeah. and Charles he was playing and well, what they have to top, like, who they're starting and then when they make changes you're going yeah 
yeah, think that's, looks, that's an interesting I mean, point. Their squad depth is, is outrageous yeah, this season. They have a lot of midfielders, and Gary Shaw gives you a different outlet to Drennan, we'll say. Yeah. And then you've obviously Mila as well in behind. Yeah. And uh, I, I think their back five is very strong. I just think if they start well, you'd never know. I know, I think they'll go yeah. well. I just don't think they can win it in one go. Yeah. I, you you, you a, think Dundalk are... I think they're yeah. rock solid. Yeah, yeah I, I do. It's very, yeah, the more you look at it, like... They were a long way ahead of Rovers last season. They were miles ahead of Cork by the end of the season. So who's where's the gap going to be bridged? They have yeah. a better squad than they had last yeah, season. Yeah, I think, and I, as I said, I think they've, they might have one or two more to come. Like you know, I've heard some de- I've heard some decent names. They're looking at whether they can get them. As you know, probably Are you not going to reveal them on them? your own podcast. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I need to check one or two things out. So Paul uh, Keegan has a new job. Paul, <laughs> 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 when can you start, Paul? <laughs> um, no, well, I, 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 I think they. they and in Europe, even during the summer, they'll probably look to strength. I just think they're 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 a fair bit ahead. And uh, I mean, Vinny has questions. Like, of course he does, because they've had five years of like six years of positivity. Like last year, the dog drew at home with Bray in the first game, mm. uh, which is like the most unbelievable league of result almost of all time. And when when you consider how the season went afterwards, and they drew three out the first four, but there was no real fans. You know, anger stuff like that. And I've spoken to a couple of lads around the dock. They say if the dock drew the first three out of four this year, they're like, well, we've lost. They've lost it. You know, and yeah. that's something they're going to have to. Right. They're going to have to deal with. Right. That, that patience won't be there. That might have been there with, with Stephen. So that is an argument. But at the same time, the, the senior players they have. There's league winners now, yeah. multiple league winners. It's the all same. Around the team. Once you keep that core Continuity. together, then yeah, and it keeps mm. going, it keeps going. The new players come in, they buy into it, and it keeps it going. Where, like you were saying, if you make drastic changes of 10, 12 new lads, then the whole team spirit, everything changes. Like it's, it takes how, you a while. You need to be tested. Does, you know, and how do you beat them, though, from your perspective last season? How do you beat them, though? We beat them, to be fair, at home. Um, we beat just them got, we got one, after them. We just yeah. completely got after them. And to be fair, like, lad, like, is he, like, is he cause anyone trouble up top? He's always caused you know the dog I mean? trouble. Any, any time he, he does, yeah, he like, does, and... Yeah. You know, he just needs to get more goals, I suppose. Than if if shells were drawn against Dundalk, what would you try to do um, differently uh, in terms of maybe something left field to beat them? Get 12 men on the pitch. Mm. <laughs> no, that would be you, would be the 12 for them. <laughs> 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 don't, don't reveal everything. Who's that fella? That full thing in the ball. <laughs> I, think, I think one thing, uh, we spoke about it at Bowles last year, about Dundalk, is how good they are from set plays and how mm. they get ahead a lot by set plays. I mean, you get ahead 1-0, then it's great to be able to play. Mm. But they're, they're extremely good. Two headers scoring, last week like, against Cork. Do you know no. what I mean? If, mm. if, you can, if you can cut out their set plays, like, they're physical, I know they can like, score, they're, but they're, they're physical. physical so team, like, yeah. They are physical. But they, they have they have a lot of threats from corners. Like, well, that's it. Lot. They have the reputation of being a great football inside. And, yeah. and, 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 like, Brian Garton gets a lot of goals. But yeah, mm. and they... Yeah. It, Hard man to mark. Yeah. Big man. Like, they yeah. know how to manage the game. I know Caulfield made rapid, but they do. They're 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 mm. they're streetwise. They're um, very very you know. similar to to Pats. It's like went back twenty twelve thirteen was it when they won the yeah. league and they were, they were flying and then everyone talks about figuring Pats out so to speak and then you're kind of like all right we'll got, get after them higher up the pitch and maybe we we can start winning the ball against them and they won't be able to deal with that because they'll keep on trying it and. Like maybe if someone can come up with whatever a manager thinks, maybe like you said, we'll just go man for man and go against them and like 
you have to try different yeah. ways. You can't just sit in because they, they're think, extremely yeah, good they're at good. moving yeah. you. And but this would be my <coughs> argument with the you know the, the, the overall league pay race. You look around at the dog team, you've got Shields and Gartland and Gannon Massey. Yeah. So you're almost looking for equivalent figures in the other sides exactly. that could be yeah. that figure. Yeah. As I said, a Cork do have a bit of that. Now, I just think they're going to struggle with lack of sort of attacking quality. Really, you'll catch them. But you're looking at, say, Pats... The likes of Birmingham and Madden, I think, become very important because you need Desmond yeah. and yeah. Um, Toner. Toner and the lads in the middle, like that they have really talented players. But are they do they have that Shields figure there, you know, who can be that player for them? And mm -hmm. maybe that person will emerge. But I think yeah. there's just a couple of question marks there in terms of doing it. And at You're Rovers, saying Connor Clifford is flying it as well, flying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think really well. well. Yeah, he played yeah. well against us. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Good. I think he'll have a good year. Just yeah. on the Vinnie Perth thing, where, where, where's your take on managers needing to have that? license to get well this is the you know because well, it, it's it's yeah. it's a bit unfortunate though like it's kind of yeah. like when Joseph O'Brien was training the horses but Aiden was still down as the trainer and then it was like well you're breaking the rules here and it's kind of like well who's the manager here it's a strange one though I will I will let Ian come to this because it's quite relevant but I mean I saw Paul Scholes was appointed older manager the other day Paul Scholes only has the A license as far as I know he's joined a very stable Stephen Gerrard Stephen Gerrard who's the manager of Rangers listed as manager of Rangers in the Europa League group stages doesn't have the pro license but the Scottish application of the licensing rules is different to the Irish one and the Irish rules have become more I suppose stringent in terms of the application of is it, it a money making uh, racket <laughs> that's the you Paul <laughs> yeah, to be clear, this is expensive. just to be clear, this is a podcast. People can't see your Johnny was looking at me as he said that, not anybody else, right? But <laughs> it costs like what? It takes about two years, is it? And it costs about eight grand. Would that be right? Oh, yeah, I think you're in around to that, get yeah. your pro yeah. license. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in it though, in terms of your travel and what you go. Like I've seen itineraries and that, and there, there is a lot in it. So, like I think we people compared it to other uh, associations and. The other associations don't include your travel to maybe Champions League games or your club visits or whatever it is. So I, I think they all work out the same. Right. But like, yeah. Is it necessary or obviously you're you're the man to ask really? Should you have your pro license to be managing the Premier Division? Um, well, I think it's I think you have to have it to to manage in Europe, and everyone has a potential to manage in Europe um, before the league starts. So <clears throat> it's just difficult in the first division because. Like you've ten clubs who could, like I say, potentially go up. So why not put it in that you have to have a pro license to manage in the first division rather than have a scenario. Have a scenario because you're going to hit this head on all the time. I think there's only what two or three maybe in the first division with yeah, the pro well, license. Like yourself and Tim so, Clancy and people like that. Yeah. But if you were to to go up, you're you're in a bit of bother now. But what you actually do if you go up is you just take the dog press release from this year. Change the words, put in Shelburne for Dundalk, put in Ian Morris yeah. for Vinnie Perth, and put in whoever well, for, I think for John Gill. I think Gill. that has opened the door. It, of course it, it has. It yeah. set the precedent. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I think it's it set the precedent there, and you're going to have to live and live or die by that, really. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, once once it happens with one club, and a couple of years ago, Vinnie would have been fine because once you'd apply, once you're yeah. on the course, yeah. Yeah. They've, they've even tightened that bit up. Um, so really, I think once you do it one, you have to. You can't. You can't deny a club. Yeah, having it just leaves yourself open to all sorts. Want to get to the relegation debate quickly as well. But who wins the league next season? The Premier Division, lads. Dundalk. Yeah, Dundalk. And obviously Dan. I go from the who for second, lads. I think Pats. Rovers. 
I'm, yeah. going, I, I'm thinking maybe Rovers. I think this it'll year. be one of the two. Mm. Anyway. But I don't think Cork could be just as far back. No, as I, I, I think it's going to be close this year. Yeah. I, I, I do you think, think it'll be close? Yeah. Like? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But well, where's where Dundalk going to drop the points? So maybe it's a stronger league this season against them. Like Rovers and Pats should definitely be better. I think Rovers squad is stronger. I think Pats Derry is strong, be stronger. I, I, I'm surprised yeah. that Derry haven't been like what Declan had. Like you see the stuff he's he's doing up there. Like mm. I even seen bringing the players around the, uh, around City, the community. Yeah, and yeah. I thought like he's getting that. That big togetherness, we're up against you now. And like Tough last place. year, I thought mm. thought he went under a little bit um, in games where when things got difficult, oh, they were they were soft. They, like. they could have mm. been a lot better. And I think this year they they're going to give you a run. You're going to have to earn earn your three points if you want to go. Second go up season, the Derry them. girls coming yeah, up as well. Yeah, well, uh, that, that's good great. news. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, everyone a fan? Oh, brilliant! <laughs> I haven't watched it actually. Yeah. You haven't yeah. watched yeah. it? Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Johnny, you have to watch it. Does the brandy well feature at all or no? No, I don't think so. So it's a true reflection of life. It's Derry in Ireland. Derry in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, there's no. Derry in the, well, yeah, but Derry in the famous story of Mark McGuinness trying to get a game uh, played by defusing a bomb or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> Crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. They, it's the kind of story you should probably have a bit more details before you throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Martin McGuinness has yeah. passed on, so I haven't actually yeah. defamed him. But um, yeah. let's, let's talk about relegation. Um, yeah, relegation. I don't think UCD are going to be any pushovers at all. No, I think UCD. I think UCD will do well, but I mean they could do well and finish ninth. Like mm. that's the that's the thing and. Uh, Finn Harps have made some good signings. Finn Harps, I mean, if Ollie Horgan were here now, he would tell us Finn Harps would finish bottom. Won't, so won't pick up any points at all. Like yeah. they'd be tough at <laughs> home. Like you know, yeah. Yeah. nobody will fancy going. Like like there's tough places like Derry, Cork. You know, yeah. Finn Harps. Like they're yeah. all. Yeah, tough I, I think the problem with Harps is just. I mean, I would go back to that thing about the how some of the part-time teams struggle in that early season when you have yeah. all these games, and they've brought in a couple of lads from outside. I don't know. Just I think that's just going to be. I mean, Quartaro and Sam Verdon, Zanger O'Reilly. Verdon was an interesting signing. Mm. So yeah. I, I'll be interested to see how they do. But they still Cabin lost. They back. lost a couple as well. They lost Kieran yeah. Cole to Derry. Mm. Um, signed Raf, haven't they? Raf. Yeah, yeah. Quartaro's yeah. gone there straight away. I just, it's hard to know. I guess I. I mean, I haven't seen them in preseason, so I don't know. UCD I, I, have lost uh, Sloggett, I think they lost Sloggett and Darrow Connor. I think yeah. it could be a tough uh, season for UCD. Um, well, with, with the players they've lost and. I saw a stat yesterday that um, Evan Ozam has more caps in the Premier Division than the entire squad put together, and he's now out for the season. Caps? Uh, as in... It's not rugby, John. It's not rugby. Yeah, you, you've been spending too, know, much time, they've too much time with the rugby. But in fair, you watched them against Dundalk in the Cup last season. Oh, they were excellent. And I saw they them against Galway United, yeah. and they were very, very good. Like yeah. they, they would comfortably have survived the Premier Division last season. Whether they will this season? Yeah. So well, you think they might... I just, why do you feel they would have difficulty? I just think that it, you have to be more streetwise. You have to be tougher and it's it's going to be a little bit quicker and it's going to be a little bit more physical. And In terms of in the first division last year, I think teams would have stepped off them because they would have said, oh, if we go after these, they'll just pop around us. Where mm. in the first division, you're going to have a hell of a lot of a higher calibre player. They're going to be physically stronger. They're going to be quicker. And... I, I don't know if they've got it's, it's if they're put under pressure the one thing as well it's interesting with Stephen Kenny though the young players he's brought into the under 21 base squad three from UCD was it? well Ferrugia and Scales but the flip side of that is that quite a few of these lads are in their last year of their degree and already like they're circling and I spoke yeah. to Paddy O'Neill at the launch the, yeah. the, the wolves at the door as he described it and I mean Dundalk have already had a pop to try and take Scales and loan him back Ferrugia I think has, has all sorts of interest as well and has already as, be at, as much as he play for France or Ireland. <laughs> yeah, as much as <laughs> as far. players are will say that they're, you know, I'm level headed and I'm focused on the game. That has to be a distraction. If you're hearing stuff mm. about clubs, I mean, lads, you've probably been in that scenario to a degree. Like, how do you? You have to have a certain focus. But these are young lads who are trying to figure out are they going to make this their profession. So. Mm. 
there's going to be an element of a distraction yeah. there. You would but have they, I, I, yeah. the fact that they've no pressure on them either. Really, like you know, I think they'll go out and just play, mm. and they might win two have. or three nil, or they might lose through a three nil. Having yeah, no probably. fans as such, you know, having a very yeah. small fan base. Yeah, in, in some ways, it may they don't have to. They're not going to get grief. It's you a know, big to have a run. It's a, like we played them in the cup and they beat us. Like and we. We probably played a diamond against them that we shouldn't have played because all they did was just switch the play and run us around. Mm-hmm. Because the pitch is so big that they're all fit, young. S- speaking of pitches, actually, as well, Derry's pitch, uh, Stephen O'Donnell, I remember him saying last season, is very, very big for an Astro pitch. And you're just wondering this season, will they think about certain games? Maybe we could just narrow it a little bit, make it a bit more concise. Because you say going to different grounds, like Derry mm. would be a lot different to Finn Park, for example. Mm. Absolutely. Know? like and. I don't know, I find, I don't know about Ian, but the, the AstroTurf, I find it hard for teams, like when you're pressing teams, teams, it's easy to play around teams because you can't really tackle yeah. properly, you can't play. So I feel at Dundalk, they move the ball very well up there because it's hard for for you to get around them and put tackles in. I think a game on grass is completely different for, for me personally. I think I can get about people, tackles. Mm. Get do you feel you like just as an older player, do you feel it harder on your, your joints and all oh, that? Absolutely, mm. yeah, everything. You know, it's... For me, your your lower back, your my my knees, like uh, yeah. ankles. I I, I don't think we've talked about this at all enough. Like the long term effects of playing on Astro, mm. and I was even playing Astro himself last night. It was a terrible pitch, and it felt like I literally couldn't move. My knees were in bits on it. Mm. And Dundalk probably that got wasn't very, the pitch's fault. Yeah, uh, it was partly the pitch's yeah. fault. But Dundalk <laughs> have gotten very used to playing on that pitch. Yeah, and I I don't know. Like I'm like, well, Ian, now you've I mean you had a, a difficult injury record in England. Yeah. So how did you find? sort of the toll on your body even at the end of a season it is like we we, we train on Astro as well um, mm. last year uh, every day and like getting up the next morning can be difficult um, and then it's just trying to recover properly and get back but at it again it's not a natural surface you're, you're no. basically you're, yeah. you're, your joints are going into something hard yeah. that has a bit of give in it but it's hard I don't think people but it is looked, like that it's a different game playing yeah, on grass yeah, it and is. Astro it's, it's completely but different but yeah. where's the long term study into this in terms of your joints down down the line I don't know I just yeah. I think it's just it's yeah. Yeah. there's only so yeah. much scope we can cover in a season preview here you know, maybe, maybe an, an examination of football pitches worldwide is just probably beyond the remit of what we've got in our available time do you like playing on Astro no should get rid of them. Mm. I don't mind that. There you go. Don't mind it. Because in fairness, the four G pitches nowadays are set up. But yeah. in just any quickly, event, lads, because we have questions to get through. When you were at Leeds together, who were the first team managers at that point, or who was who were the Jeez. who were the yeah. all of them? You were there during a Dave O'Leary. Uh, O'Leary was first one in. Yeah. Terry Venables. Terry then. Peter Reid. Reed. Some big names there. Eddie Gray was Eddie, he, Gray. Eddie Gray at that time. Kevin, Black, Kevin Blackwell. Blackwell. And the mad thing is that they have 12 managers since then as well. Like, you know, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's great yeah. to see them doing well. Biel says a man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, it's. Uh, how do you reflect on your time there? I know it's a broad. It's a broad. Some money when you were there, wasn't it? Yeah. Not that I got a lot of it now, but. So when you say you were at Leeds together, were you in digs or anything like that around the same time? He was obviously younger. Yeah. You, yeah. You're obviously, was I two years older than you or more? Uh, three. three, I think, yeah. 31 and 34, is that right? Yeah. And yeah, was he yeah. a sort of a, a responsible figure within the youth? Yeah, yeah. Like the, he was training and playing, um, training with the first team. Like So when I was going over, it was always one of them. Like, can, can I replicate what, what he's doing? Mm. So it was um, like the, the players and over there when, mm. when we were there, was, it was outrageous, oh, wasn't it? Was, it was like people say to me, oh, you came home or it didn't work out, but I had the best education that Unbelievable. you could like, like Rio Ferdinand, Robbie Keane, Olivier um, Decor, Eric Bakker, yeah, like the Duke, Fowler, like Radaby, the, the players were... And you like still couldn't get a game, no? <laughs> 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 I 
But you, 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 you were there around the time when the club started. David Batty was there as well. Yeah, David Batty. Yeah. Yeah. And McPhail, I guess, would have been oh, there. Yeah. 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 Were you there around the time when the club just started to... to it was going from that Premier League era to problems. Champions League. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. To, yeah. to Championship. Struggling. Yeah. Kevin Blackwell came in and just got rid of everyone. When everyone I, like, yeah. He just... Like, and, and were you one of the ones that did you go around that time? Oh yeah, absolutely. He was just he didn't want. Did as well. He didn't want to look at lads. He didn't want to be like you're part of that old re- regime sort of thing, and you're on too much money. Like we weren't like actually on too much money, but he just put us in a bracket that it's the old probably like you know uh, when the Premiership they were obviously signing lots of lads like and yeah. they were giving lads you know some English lads now like four and five grand a week like you mm. know mm. good contracts. I think we signed. Sean Alloway keeper for 1.6 million or yeah. something like you know there was people getting good money but they just said all of you were here and you were all basically getting rid of you trying you're, to get us out like you know you're so, done and that yeah. was it yeah, that and was you it, had the yeah. same experience in sort yeah. of yeah. Well, it, it's going to Auburn came in with an, uh, an offer for me and they he just rang me and said look I can't guarantee you game time you can go there and funny enough we got promoted with Scone Top and Leeds got relegated to League One so mm. personally it was great but like I'd have loved them to stay there, love mm. the club, still do a lot of a lot of. Uh, I think a lot of people would love them to get back to the top flight. Yeah, yeah. yeah listen, we are tight on time. The Bayonne's looking a bit impatient at us over there, so we're we're we're, we're struggling here. We got we asked for tweets last week. We got quite a few tweets. I want so the young player to watch uh, question. Actually. Oh yeah, we had what a young player. Young sorry. player to watch this season. Yeah, in either division actually. Oh, young player to watch. Um, I think Shane Farrell for us will have a good season. Um, he's been flying in pre-season. You're already he's putting just, pressure on the young lad now. He's just, no, he's just got into into Tom Mount 19s as well. Mm. He was there. He'd done well. Um, a, a lot to do kind of physically, but like raw talent. He's Dublin lad. Excellent. Yeah, fingerless boy. Yeah, yeah. Paul, anyone? Any young player that stands out? You've seen? Um, well, for us, I'd say Derek Daly. Um, you know, he was he was excellent for us in the in the first division when I went into lads at Waterford and. He's with us now. He's an excellent player. I think if he gets going, you know, he'll he'll be very good for us. Premier Division. Um, I've, few, I've heard good things of John Matten at Sligo. Some people are saying he could be very he, highly rated, he could be very, and they have him on a contract. Who's yours, Dan? Actually, uh, no, yeah, I, I, I mean, Matten is a name that's come up. I don't know. I'm actually, look, I'm actually, I'm not picking one out, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the lads at Bowes yeah. come back. Mm. You know, and yeah. it's obviously Luke Wade Slater, Connor Livingston. Um, I'm also interested in Zach Elvizetti who's gone to Waterford yeah, yeah, who was yeah. playing for the home base team yeah. last week and he got a bit better as the game went on and yeah I'm, and I'm like there's there's a lot of good young players I mean, one of the questions we had actually I'd like, I'd like to see Dan Casey do well at Cork yeah. I think mm-hmm. towards the end of last season he really started to, to show what he can do um, and be, I'd really like to see him do well and I, I'd step pr- in I'd probably give Neil Frugia at UCD because, but he's he's well established because yeah. people haven't seen him but that's a good point about the, li- Bo- uh, the Bose lads last season that like were Ali Regba's obviously I don't yeah. know what his story is yeah. now with he was at Leicester or yeah. whatever he was on trial but actually Andy Lyons is one of you know, mm. uh, Kirk I, I, as well I think Neil ne- ne- Frugia or yeah. sorry Richie O'Farrell right. um, yeah. at UCD I mm. think he's going to I think he's going to turn heads mm. this year There's a lot yeah. of young talent there Farrell is the one they brought in because he was yeah. a, he was a Belvo lad and Pats went from Pats yeah yeah I think he'll turn heads this year. Yeah, I think he'd be excellent. Yeah. He's one to watch, definitely. Now, we had a couple of tweets, and we might re- return to some of them again. One request for JW from Paddy Lonergan. Keep your anti-Cork City FC bias under wraps. There are more teams than Dundalk in the League of Ireland. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, really? That's it? You're going to address that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, Even though Jay Malone from the Dog was ranting, that you're, you're anti-Dundalk, anti-Cork, you're just anti-everything. Yeah. That's, that's your problem. Pro-rugby. Uh, <laughs> Cottle Scott... <laughs> 
maybe a question about the lack of success of many of your best players have had him moving to England now he references Kevin O'Connor England and Scotland England and Scotland Graham Burke who's gone to Gillingham McMillan Andy Boyle like it has been tough for some of them now there's also Sean Maguire and you know there's Ronan Curtis so there's there's other Mm. sides of the equation but I don't know Is it just picking the right club when you go over first? You've you've both negotiated like well, the I lower think, leagues in England. And you know how things can swing. Sort well, of. I think at way. times I don't think, um, as you just said, the lower leagues in England get as much respect Absolutely. as yeah. they deserve. Absolutely. Like I, I think a lot of people get carried away with I eat romp at League One, League Two level without mm. ever having been involved in it. Like you're looking at. 40 odd games a year just in the league mm. if you do have just three or four cups yeah. so you could be hitting 60 games a year and that's every year and you're training full time and it's just all the time it's just sure. loads and loads and look <clears> at the <throat> amount of players in the UK now and how many foreigners are coming in at oh, the top absolutely. age I say foreigners but coming in at the top level and that's just filtering everyone down and the standard is, is when, when I met Roland Curtis sorry when I met Roland Curtis after he played for Portsmouth against Coventry this is like a 30,000 seater stadium yeah. mm-hmm. um, he's playing for Portsmouth who are drawing five figures every week he's gone from Derry who are drawing 1,200 a week yeah. and he's and I'm, and I'm he, he had to nearly say to me that it is a higher standard and I was like of course a higher standard yeah. like the yeah. championship is like one of the most popular leagues in the world yeah. and then you've league one with league. you yeah, know it's absolutely. The, these are yeah. huge clubs yeah, uh, yeah I mean yeah. Paul your, ex- your experience is the, the, the physicality of it mm. is completely different I think to like now, you look at them, Doc, and they are physical and strong. But like, it's every team, yeah. Go League One, like, go League Two, like they'd be towering over Dundalk, A lot of them, like yeah, you know, yeah. and I, 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 I do think it's you know this this league. I think like Premier, even First Division, it's younger over here, like, and there's a lot more men over there in some ways, yeah. like you know. Yeah. There's even like you know like the. What's his fella's name? Akin Fenway or whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's the beast. Yeah. Yeah, whatever I played against him and everyone was laughing yeah. going, look at this fella. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. He can shift, yeah. by the way. He can shift. He's he a wicked hold it up. Scores he scores goals. Yeah. Goals. Yeah. Good people laugh at him because he's so big. Like, Good player. Well, I, I remember speaking to Parigamid <coughs> at one stage and he just spoke about like, if you do the sums of how many people, I think it was Parigamid or another player over there, you do the sums of like, multiply by 11 how many teams and then think of like, the football industry as a whole and how competitive as it is and mm. you probably know what it's like coming up towards the end of contract that it's ruthless, mm. you know, and, yeah. and if lads go over on an 18 month deal or whatever, they sort of have to start doing it quickly or else, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's someone yeah. else coming down the travel later sort yeah. of yeah. after you, you know, and I think Huben probably struggled with that as well that mm. he, he didn't score for a couple of games then all of a sudden, it's yeah, very interesting know. as well, the playmakers that have come back. Graham Burke hasn't worked out over there. Jack Byrne well, is Burke's back. Gone to Gillingham is now. Back. Well, Burke's gone. is back. Well, Burke's yeah. gone to Gillingham now and he's played 90 minutes, I think, a couple of games. So we'll see how he, how he does. You know, it's, and it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's like By all accounts, Burke and Train at Preston is like one of their top players, but he just can't fit into the structure. And I think um, maybe in Ireland, there's so many 4-5-1s over here as well that you have room for those sort of number 10 players that can go back. Or, and it's summer football played on good pitches. Well, I, you shouldn't I lose sight of. Like, well, I don't know. I've, I've spoken to lads who played in the league sort of, and the time when you were at that draw the team and I was, they, they would watch some of the games here now and they just don't think there's the same intensity at times in terms of the... No the pre- In terms of the pressing yeah. on the, yeah. the the playmakers as such. Yeah. You know, is that something you can... I've, I've had chats like, like that a lot of lads have said to me, going, what's it like now to when we were playing? And they're all... They'd not be critical of it, but they go, it lacks the intensity, the tackles, the, the yeah. pressure. Like, we... I remember playing at Drogheda or whatever, like you'd get the ball and there's no way you could nearly turn half the time because someone was about to absolutely like go through you. Like, and I think the game has changed 
a lot that everyone's playing and everyone's passing yeah. and it's it's probably for the better like it's more entertaining it's more it's entertaining more you're passing you're yeah. playing playing on Astro back in them like there was a lot of times when we were getting the ball hit the full back full back's going long everyone's squeezing up you're fighting for second balls you're fighting for everything now it is more probably of a game that we want to go to that we're passing yeah. and playing the ball but you don't want to lose the intensity or even the physicality of it either, I don't think. I think you need to like be yeah. pressing teams and be after teams. And, and I think for the teams in Europe last year, that well, I think Dundalk even, just some weeks that they have it too easy at times, you know, and then all of a sudden you go up where a team is doing things, everything quicker. And that's the challenge. How do you translate yeah. league form to, to succeeding in Europe? And that's, that's the interminable debate. But at least, I mean, still... The flip side of that is for punters going who get to see Jack Byrne or Forrester or McElhenney do their yeah, thing. Good it's, 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 yeah. it's good entertainment, but whether it's the level that you need to sort of succeed in, in I know, the European field. I know playing in them times, like if you were beating a team 2 0 or something like that, you wouldn't just be getting on the ball and playing it. Like someone would absolutely top you. Yeah. because they were not having it they yeah. mightn't have yeah. been a good player they yeah. mightn't have been who was the most likely would... player to top you in the league who were who you playing against you know oh listen this is going to happen like playing against like Harry or something like that <laughs> I only go through anyone and everyone like and he'd go through in training like you know they yeah. only had fights with everyone like you, yeah. you know what I mean we still I, I had a little row with him on the training ground anytime I see him we're still talking about it like you know what I mean but we had that intensity in training never mind on a you know what I mean? A Friday night. Well, it was like, funny you know? when Pats played Rovers last season, the end of the season, they brought over these Latvian officials and it was a bit bit like the PSG game last night now, let a lot go. But he let everything go. And like, I remember I was like, this, you have to decapitate the lads, get a yellow card. And Stephen Bradley goes after the game, he goes, oh, I thought it was great. And I was like, I was, I was like it was actually nice to see people tackling and getting away with it. Well, like, Bradley whatever. was at Paul Doolan's Strada for yeah. a while. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Um, knows, big knows. season for Stephen Bradley, of course. It's like, the was it third season syndrome? Well, there's no the such fourth. thing as third season syndrome. You can't just you can't just add syndrome <laughs> to every season. Yeah. You know, the dog didn't suffer from fifth season syndrome with Stephen Kenny and sixth. It's, it's second season syndrome. <laughs> it's kind of hard for overs. So he got away. He got no, I know, I season. know. It's third season, but like the thing is, second season syndrome. <laughs> I know, but it's third season. It's, syndrome. It's that brain. difficult third album. That's <laughs> <a kind of laughs> <laughs> like, we, uh, seriously, Avril C. Dinny. Uh, is that Dinny Corcoran? No, no, probably not. RT's decision to extend live coverage to 18 league and cup games, but cutting soccer ball to half an hour. No studio punditry. Yeah, um, it's, it's, I mean, but a lot of the punditry. See, we are we, we're conscious. We are sitting in air sport here. Yeah. Right? So we're talking about the area of, of TV broadcasting. A, we're sort of conflicted to a degree. And um, I wouldn't but, be as negative on this as some people because I think I just would first see more first vision games. Uh, that's more not first vision highlights. No, I, I just honestly, I just don't see it as a positive really at all. I think you have a, a great show this Friday. Dundalk Sligo, the bells and whistles, everything, mm. and then there's no live game as far as I know until March 29th. Yeah, that's rubbish. Mm. So it I don't know how people you, it gets people in and then you're gone. I, yeah. don't, I don't know how you can yeah. spin that. I don't. See, mm. I don't. I don't think how you can say that's not a big deal. It's, no, the soccer republic cut to half an hour to me is not a big deal. I think I still think it is. I thought it was five games was way too much analysis. Was my was my ask you to do it? Yeah, well, but the, I mean, the live it's a good thing to say in a podcast where we talk for an hour. You don't want less talk and more action. You know, uh, that but, was that was week one, Dan. I think will we do our predictions? I think we sort of did them already. For their games? Oh, listen, no. Yeah. We'll, 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 We're not going to bother, no? No, we'll just, just run through the fixtures. We'll get back to predictions next week. Uh, we have a season-long prediction show here, so... Let's go through the fixtures. Pats and Cork, so... Pats and Cork. We're not doing predictions. Yeah. We're just going to run through them. <laughs> Let's do predictions. <laughs> not follow me. Can we not do predictions? 
Why did you want to do predictions? First week the of the season. The steak dinner. Yeah, we didn't get around to that. <laughs> no, because we... Well, you staked it, it was, all in one game. Ah, yeah, oh, like there. What are the fixtures again? I don't even have them in front of me here. You're an absolute champion. You've been in New York for the last week. I have. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, we, well, okay, we've got Derry against UCD. I'm not doing predictions. Derry. Dock v Sligo. Dock v Sligo. Pats v Cork. Waterford v Shamrock Rovers. And that leaves... Bowes at home to Finn Harps. Bowes at home Friday. to Finn Harps. So, yeah. Get to a game. Will you, will you go to a game, lads? Are you training? Oh, the game, your... game Friday, yeah. Oh, you have a, you have a yeah. pre-season? Yeah. yeah. Who are you playing? Ballymun. Ballymun. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think we might have a game Friday or Saturday now. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. By the way, did you ever try and sign Paul across the off-season? Is this an awkward discussion? Couldn't afford him. him. Couldn't afford him. Yeah. He, knew, he knew better. Couldn't afford him. <laughs> Couldn't afford him. It would have been a logical I was, enough move, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I was surprised. I was surprised because I just think the quality of a player Paul is, I thought. Get Premier Division club, club would have been uh, lining up to sign him. No but country yeah. for old men. I, I won't. I won't <laughs> open up that kind of wounds for you. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> Cheers, huh? There aren't many players thirty four or five playing for, playing midfield anymore. I guess it's just no. it's a young league. That's why I always drop back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but next week, Dan, we'll get to a good but first division. We'll look at we'll look at the first division predictions. We can we can talk about our first division predictions when the manager of the clear favourites isn't here with dealing with the pressure that comes with that you know I think so. it's going to be a very exciting first division and uh, I don't know I think it's going to be a great league this season Dan I just hope Dundalk don't run away with it yeah I, 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 I hope not too like I hope that it's it's competitive I think we might have the same conclusion but hopefully we have more uh, it's a bit more of an open field along the way in terms of getting there how long till Ian Morris is under pressure at Shells Give it a couple of weeks. 23rd. 23rd of February. <laughs> 23rd probably. of February. Yeah, half an hour into Lads, the game. Thanks a million for coming in. That's all. Yeah, thanks thank you very much. Back, back to the first division this season for both of you. That's where it's at, Dan. Okay. <laughs> this is like a phone call where you don't know how to say goodbye. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's just sign it out. You, know, you hang up. No, like you hang up. We're done. Bye. We are bye. done bye. with episode bye. one. We are done. We'll see you next week, lads. But there are